You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Lions 24-7 post-game podcast live from Ohio Stadium in the vast press box. Tyler Donahue, Sean Fitz with you here in Columbus. We just watched Penn State find a spark but come up short in their attempt to rally from a 21-0 deficit against Ohio State. The Buckeyes win this one 28-17. They clinch their third consecutive Big Ten East Division Championship, and they will represent the division in Indianapolis in a couple weeks. And Meanwhile, the Nittany Lions fall to 9-2 and in a third straight loss to this Ohio State squad. Yeah, not ideal. Um, obviously, I think it kind of moved the goalposts in a game like this. You you know, it started looking like that Ohio State would just kind of roll through Penn State. Really not much of a, a problem to start the game. Uh, but then, you know, you adjusted. You, you came back. You battled back. To Penn State's credit, they did a really good job of doing that. And, you know, coming out of here with an 11-point loss. Now, they didn't come to Columbus to cover. Uh, they did end up covering, but they didn't come to co- uh, Columbus to cover. So, you know, you're, you're kind of hurt by this loss a little bit. But at the same time, Ohio State's a tremendous football team. Yeah, there's a lot of emotions that we were working through with the players uh, after this game. And um, some of them, uh, in, in like a Lamont Wade, came out and said that, um, you know, this the way that they fought back it kind of learned a little bit about themselves to carry forward the rest of this way in the other offseason. And then there's some players who said a loss is a loss and it's going to hurt either way. And, you know, certainly this team had Big Ten championship ambitions. You start... 8-0 going into that second bye week. You know what the goals are in place. They still say they have goals ahead of them, but obviously the biggest one, no longer uh, a path to get there. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but they, you know, like I said, they battled. They did a good job, and, and uh, you know, you can see them taking the loss hard. I mean, they did not come in expecting to, to, to lose this game. You know, it, it was what it was. When you start out the game like they did, now it seemed seemed okay on offense to start. You punt, you pin them back, uh, I believe, inside their own 10. And then Ohio State just comes out and runs, runs all over them. Now, it wasn't just a design run every play. Justin Fields killed them on the ground, but 91 yards, touchdown drive, all on the ground. Yeah, that was, that was an impressive performance. Uh, it was the J.K. Dobbins and, and Justin Fields show on that drive and uh, kind of set the tone for how they were at their best attacking Penn State. They had a, a couple nice shots through the air, which we'll get to, but overall this was the team that really dictated terms on the ground. And J.K. Dobbins, uh, we're going to talk a lot about Justin Fields here, but 36 carries on the afternoon for him, 157 rushing yards and a couple touchdowns, including a, a short one to close out that first drive. Penn State was one of the top rushing defenses in the country coming into it. Certainly didn't look like that early as they were kind of shredded um they uh, you know like the rest of the team they bounced back they did a good job but Penn State's next possession really nothing going there short punt you give a short field to uh to, to, to Fields and Dobbins to work with they come right back down and Penn State gets his first break and this is a game we talked about last week where you would have to create your own luck create some turnovers do some things Lamont Wade got his uh got his shoulder in there Forced a fumble on Justin Fields, originally called a touchdown on the field, but Cam Brown fell on it. They reviewed it. It obviously was out before he crossed. And really, the first uh, the first play being made by Penn State, we, you know, it kind of, you know, we talked about not letting the game come to them. It seemed like it did for the first drive and a half, or, or nearly two drives. But to their credit, they made a play. Got, uh, got the touch back and got out of their own end zone and really, you know, kind of slowed down Ohio State. You, you looked at that point. I mean, you're, you're talking about going 14 nothing in the first quarter, fairly early in the first quarter. Uh, the, the talent difference showed up. I mean, Ohio State 
is as talented as any team Penn State will play, and that includes any bowl game that they could get to. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it was a, it was just that that stroke of, of of playmaking there. Really, it was what Penn State needed all game. They didn't quite get that, but still, I mean, found themselves in the second quarter, still 7 nothing. We discussed during the pregame podcast, this is an Ohio State team, Sean, accustomed to running away and hiding from opponents over the course of a game. Uh, it looked like it could go that way. Lamont Wade, by the way, kind of setting the tone for, for the splashiest game of his college career, I would say, here in, in Ohio State. Um, but I think overall, you know, you, you're right. You get to the second quarter, 7 nothing. The yardage uh, separation and, and the stat separation was very apparent, but the scoreboard was not. And you think, okay, if Penn State can string some things together offensively, uh, they could maybe, you know, give Ohio State the kind of contention it has not dealt with yet. They did not do that. No, didn't <laughs> Spoil- Spoiler, uh, five straight punts for the Penn State offense, really no sort of identity, nothing going. I mean, the first drive was okay. You, you move the ball a little bit. You put yourself in a position to, to, to gain a field position advantage. From then on, I mean, that was not the case. Uh, Clifford struggled to throw the ball. Penn State struggled to find a way to run. It's just really going back to the beginning of the season, we, we mentioned that the offense at times was just kind of wonky, just kind of out of sync. And that's what we saw in the first half tonight. Uh, you know, it's just, it was not there. I mean, uh, I've been a big defender of Ricky Ronnie this entire year. I think he's called a pretty good season, to, to be honest with you, if you actually take a look at it and just not fall into that trap of saying, ah, it's everybody's, you know, it's his fault. Um, but tonight, you just didn't see anything that would, would would give you, I guess, an idea that this offense would be in sync or any just gain any footing under it whatsoever. Uh, really quickly, Noah Kane was, was active. K.J. Hamler was active. Now, we don't know how healthy either of those guys were, but clear enough to, uh, good enough to get cleared. And K.J. Hamler, three catches, 45 yards. Noah Kane, just one carry on the day, so a non-factor there. Someone who was a factor early, worth mentioning, Justin Shorter, a couple catches early in the game, John. He's been a guy that we've spoken about. Can he step up? Believe it or not, this is the first time in his college career in a Big Ten matchup where he has had multiple receptions. Yeah, I mean, it's something you're looking for from fields every, or excuse me, from Shorter every week. Uh, wrong Justin there. But, it, it, you know, you're going to need more from those playmakers. Uh, Penn State really didn't get that, especially in the first half. Three of those first five, uh, we talked about five straight possessions for Penn State leading to punts to start this game. Three of them were three and outs, all of those lasting uh, 156 or less on the clock and putting the pressure on this defense. So the defense came around and actually we're, we're playing fairly well. Um, and then you just have a couple of those back-breaking plays. I mean, you, t- you talk about stepping up. You're talking fourth and five for Justin Fields. Everybody in the building knows a QB draw is coming. You know, you spread, you spread them five wide and see what happens. And Penn State just gets sucked right into it. Fields picks up a, a big chunk of yardage. A couple plays later, Ohio State's in the end zone. So those are the just the, the back-breaking things. This was not uh, a, a game where you saw a ton of drives. You know, there's a lot of clock eaten up, which is exactly what Penn State needed to do. You just didn't have the results to go, for, uh, to go with it. So, um, you know, I think there's good things you can pull out of this defense. But, uh, you know, those those plays are, are killer, man, because they can kill just every facet of your team, really. And, and and for Fields to pick that up, he was such a danger with his legs. And we're going to get into that. And we, I mean, that's the key to the game right there is is, is the quarterback run. So, uh, you know, there's not much you can do about that. But going into halftime, 14 nothing with the way that Ohio State dominated this game, you actually feel pretty decent about that because it could have been a lot worse. You take two really solid individual plays off the off the board, and it's a double that deficit. Uh, you got Lamont Wade coming up with a forced fumble on Justin Fields at the goal line, and Trent Gordon, a guy who has been absent from the games recently because he's been working his way back from a setback. 
on the field today and comes up with a, a really impressive late pass breakup um, in the end zone, and that would have pushed it to, to 21 nothing. You, you throw in the Lamont Wade, you're looking at maybe 28 nothing at halftime, and it's got a different feel to it. But yeah, 14 nothing, and and we talked about how quickly Penn State was on the field, off the field, three and outs. Ohio State, uh, you look at three of those first-half drives, Sean, double-digit play totals, 13 plays, 11 plays, 11 plays, uh, three of those, all three of those right around the five-minute mark in terms of time of possession. But, again, 14 nothing, and you're thinking, if Sean Clifford, if this offense can get it going a little bit, the defense can find some footing, there is a door for them to break through. Well, Ohio State doubled them up on plays in the first half, and that's uh, certainly when you're playing in Ohio Stadium, that's not the uh, recipe for success. Uh, so going from there, you know, you go into halftime, you can make some adjustments, you can do some things. Ohio State came out in the second half and drove it right down the field, really not what we saw after, you know, for the last quarter and a half in this Penn State defense. Justin Fields throws a perfect ball. Uh, there's really not much you can do about that one, but still, you got to put yourself in a position to, to make those plays. Didn't happen. Penn, Ohio State did. Penn State did not. And it's 21 to nothing. And then all of a sudden, you know, Sean Clifford, it, you know, he does one of his bounce pass uh, <laughs> yeah. completions. Trademark. He's, yeah, he's, he's trademarked in the last couple of weeks. Comes out hurt, looks to be a right leg, right hip, something like that. Um, he's been banged up for the last couple of weeks, James Franklin said afterward. But, uh, you know, Will Levis comes in and starts uh, starts to change some things. We said the, the key in this game was the quarterback run. Well, that's true for Ohio State because Justin Fields could keep drives alive, could get going. But also with Penn State, when you introduce the quarterback run with Will Levis, things really opened up for Journey Brown in this running game. You turned to me, tried to sneak into a wager that Levis was going to run the ball on his first play. I wasn't biting on that because I saw it coming too. Uh, and Levis, you know, he talked about those third down runs that Fields had. The first third down that Will Levis faced, he went out and picked it up with his legs. A hard run, charging through Buckeyes defenders, contributing to some momentum. And then Journey Brown, who continues to get the bulk of work. I think he had all but one touch at the running back position today. Right after Levis picks up that first down, he has two touches for about 25 yards, I think, including an 18-yard touchdown run, his fourth touchdown in the last three games. And 21 to 7, you're thinking, okay. A really good run, by the way. Right. Really good run. Penn State's, you know, Penn State's on the board now, and, and, and what can their defense come up with? And we got that answer real fast. Yeah, defense got a turnover. Lamont Wade was right in there, picked up, scooped up the fumble this time. He'd end up with three fumble, uh, forced fumbles on the day, recovered one. It was kind of all over the place. Um, but uh, yeah, Penn State hopped on it. Uh, really, this third quarter, and we're going to get to the other score, but the third quarter, the most opportunistic that this team has been on both sides of the ball this year. So I think that's a positive that you can take from that. Uh, Penn State turns around and gets a, uh, another score. Will Levis with a dart to Pat Fryermuth. By the way, we talked all summer and I guess some in the spring about how Will Levis's arm strength compared to Sean Clifford. I think you started to see that today. This kid has a, a, a howitzer there. Um, really forced the ball into to Pat Fryermuth. Looked like Fryermuth may have crossed the, the the end zone line. Didn't really matter. The next play, Will Levis showed that he's your goal line back. Got in, and all of a sudden, 21-14. And you're just thinking, where did that come from? I mean, this is this was an un- unbelievable run by Penn State. 25 seconds, uh, two touchdowns. Penn State was blanked for 36 minutes, and then in the span of 25 seconds, they completely altered the complexion of this game. And, of course, we're keeping an eye on the sideline. What's Sean Clifford doing? He was uh, working with the stationary bike for a little bit. James Franklin um, says that he would have been good enough to go in, Sean, but he, he – he didn't elaborate on it a lot, but certainly there's something that has been plugging Sean Clifford, and it I don't know if it's correlated to that or if it just it, uh, further augmented an issue he's been dealing with, but they weren't comfortable with running 
the entire offense, it sounded like, with what he had available to him. Yeah, and, and to their credit, they, they went with the hot hand. I mean, Levis, you know, while he gives you some negatives, which we'll end up getting to, I mean, the positive that he gave you with the quarterback run really changed uh, the way that Ohio State could play defense on you. And then he could throw the ball on top of that. Had a couple of nice out, out patterns, um, did some really good things. I mean, you're, you're a redshirt freshman who's a backup who's not really gotten any meaningful game time. For him to come in here, and I know – you don't prepare for the backup. You you don't really, you know, that's why you see so much success when a backup comes into the game because it's not really what you're preparing for. But Levis, to his credit, did some good things. They did some good things in the run game, got it to, got it to within a score, and then the defense comes up big again, another turnover. Yeah, I mean, you're like, okay, Ohio State, let's see how they handle this adversity. We've talked so much. Oh, my gosh, the third quarter, it's a one-position game. They don't do this. That hasn't been a thing for them in 2019. Uh, Justin Fields, you think, writes the ship a little bit. He picks up a, a first round with a 12-yard run. But the very next play, fumble forced by who else but Lamont Wade, recovered by Micah Parsons. And all of a sudden, not only is it 21-14 suddenly, it's 21-14 and Penn State has a shot to tie the game. Yeah, and that's where you know we talk about making these plays. Journey Brown comes up, uh, he's got a drop, and you know you, you hate to, to throw something. I mean, it's pouring right now in, in Ohio Stadium. It rained for the second half of the game. Don't want to make excuses for him, but that's a tough drop in that situation. Kind of similar to the uh, Minnesota play where they got the offensive pass interference, ran the little hook underneath, and just couldn't come down with it. If he comes down with that ball, I mean, maybe he scores on that play. Maybe you score a couple plays later, but at least you refresh the downs. Um, Penn State goes backward from there. They have to kick a field goal. Jake Pinnegar nailed it from, I believe, 42 yards out. It was a really good kick. Uh, but still, I mean, 21-17, to 17, when you're talking about being on the doorstep of 2021-21, and that one hurts. We're talking about the pendulum that was swinging with momentum. It probably peaked when it was 1st and 10 at the Ohio State 11, down by 7. They end up getting pushback penalties, a sack, and you find yourself in a 3rd and 16 from the 17-yard line. You take that sack, and to Pinnegar's credit, he comes in, converts on the 42-yard field goal, and now you're a touchdown away from taking the lead. Yeah, and uh, your defense is playing pretty well. Now, I know Yitor Matos was kind of in and out in the second half. He played a really good game today. Um, but, uh, you know, you you're kind of just kind of get to the fourth quarter. That's been the uh, – that's really been the formula for Penn State, how we kind of laid it out on the podcast this week. Keep it close. Get into the fourth quarter. Anything can happen. You get into the fourth quarter. Ohio State makes that play. Uh, Chris Olivai, uh goes up over top of, I believe it was uh, John, John Reed. John Reed. Uh, makes a play in the corner of the end zone. The safety help doesn't get in there. Um, really, we, we, we talk about the quarterback, quarterback run being a difference. Ohio State's receivers just impressed the heck out of me. They were fantastic. Their route running, their ability to go up and get the ball uh, is not something that you really saw from Penn State in this game and was really one of the differences in the end. So Ohio State goes up 11 points, 28-17, and now that kind of changes things from a Penn State perspective. You can still run the ball. You still have plenty of clock, but you get the turnover. Yeah, and that, that was really rough. And by the way, uh, in between the, the, these uh, sequences, we had Ohio State with a punt. And Will Levis, by the skin of his teeth, avoiding a safety at the hands of Chase Young, who did have three sacks today. He, he looked every bit the part of the best player in college football. He could make that case. We were asked this week, Sean, uh, of, of different variables. And, and one of them was, 
Chase Young racking up three sacks, and you said that was the worst case scenario. The other was J.K. Dobbins' rushing total, Justin Fields' passing total, and Chase Young got his today. And and uh, that play was like you know Will Fries was beaten, but it was a bad snap. It was it was you know Levis was not in sync on that one, but Chase Young had his way with the situation as you'd expect from a player of his caliber. Yeah, that's the best player in college football. I I, I don't have to be convinced. I mean, he was fantastic. Um, Penn State's approach to blocking him. Could use some work. Uh, they, they they were relied on Will Le- or excuse me Will Fries out there at right tackle one on one a lot of times and and Fries won a couple of those battles. But when you're going against the best player in college football, you probably need a little bit of help. You could probably use a chip or something like that. I'm interested to check out the film to see where we get in terms of uh, you know what uh, what Penn State could have done better, what Penn State actually did to slow down Chase Young. But really, that's uh, that's a tough one to swallow when you're back against the wall. You know, you get out of sync, you get behind uh, in down a distance, and then, you know, that's a problem, and, and you're all of a sudden giving the ball back to uh, uh, to, to Ohio State. And Ohio State had, had the ball with great field position, which led to that Olave touchdown reception. And by the way, uh, that was a really good pass. The other, the first touchdown pass that field threw into a bucket right in better. front of us. Even it was better. Directly yeah. in front of us, uh, down at the end zone. Uh, just <laughs> practically an uncoverable pass, that first touchdown throw. Um, so all of a sudden you're looking at 28 17. He's still got 13 minutes to go. Levis runs the ball three times for 20 yards, finds KJ Hamler, 22 yard gain. You're working it down into Ohio State territory, knocking on the door of the red zone, first down and 10, and a very poor decision for Will Levis, who, again, let's face it, was thrown into a very difficult circumstance here for his first extensive playing time. This was not the second half in College Park against the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, and, and a big pick for Hilliard, a linebacker, a former five, one of, men, one of the many former blue chips on Ohio State's defense comes up with with a big play there. And all of a sudden you're, you're thinking, uh, that's it. That yeah. momentum has that's... been, you know, kind of uh, totally quelled. And offensively, that was absolutely the case. We saw the defense show some more fight. But offensively, again, I think the drive before when they got inside the 15-yard line and ended up having to, to settle for a field goal, that third consecutive scoring drive was about as good as it got for Penn State, and then it started rolling back, and Ohio State's defense uh, really found its swagger again. That turnover, man, you you can't understate how big of a backbreaker that was. About 10 minutes left in the game. Uh, really, Levis with a rookie move there. He stared down Fryermuth, threw it right, you know, right over the middle into a crowd of about five guys. Uh, that was obviously the read all the way. Um, Penn State had some success running the ball up to then, um, trying to do some things in that situation. Um, just to you know, get Ohio State on its heels a little bit, uh, that was not it. So you you know, ten minutes left, and that's that. It's not the nail in the coffin, but it gives Ohio State a chance to run the clock out. And then when you get the ball back, when you're Penn State, that's an eleven point deficit. Ohio State's pass rush was phenomenal all night, and really that that gave them an opportunity just to go after Will Levis. You you know, you get to that point in the game when Penn State got the ball back, and I can't. See when that was. About but 544 left in the game. 544. So you're not going to run the ball. You're not going to be able to run the ball um, and, and really put yourself in a On situation. Your own 16. Yeah. And yeah. It really put yourself in a situation where you can just go after Will Levis. They did that. The crowd rattled him a little bit. I think, you know, a lack of experience from that. And that's not, you know, his fault or Penn State's fault. It's just the, the, the situation dictated where they were in that, in that time and place. But 
Chase Young went after him. Everybody, you know, the defensive coordinator for Ohio State threw everything at him. Really not much you can do in that situation, but, uh, yeah, it was tough. And was again, tough. on the previous Ohio State drive, just another example of their ability to extend series, even <laughs> if they end in punts, they ended up punting, but they were able to stay on the field, use more clock, because Fields felt that, that blitz coming off the edge from Lamont Wade, who, again, had a fantastic day. I'm sure he would love to add that to his resume, maybe change the complexion there in the fourth quarter. Fields uh, escaped that, rolled to his left, and then found uh, Jeremy Rucker tight end to move the chains on a third and seven. And that was just a common circumstance this evening, this afternoon, I should say, was Fields uh, mostly with his legs, but occasionally as well just with his awareness and his ability to put the ball in the money and, and, and have some patience. Uh, you know, he kept he kept it moving on third downs and occasionally on fourth downs. And, you know, that just really started to catch up with Penn State. Difference in the game, no doubt. James Franklin said it afterward. The QB run um, was really what killed them. Uh, Justin Fields, I mean, you got to tip your hat to him, played phenomenal. I mean, that's that's a difference right there. I mean, Penn State's quarterbacks have been pretty solid for the, in the, the, the most uh, for the most part this year. Ohio State's quarterback today took them to the next level, and you can see why they're a number two uh, team in the country. So, and you can see why Franklin on Wednesday <laughs> after Penn State practice said he felt like Justin Fields had in fact taken Ohio State to the next level just on on, on preparing for this. And game. you saw that last drive of the game, Lamont Wade got to him and he went down injured, and wow. you could have heard a pin drop yeah. in the stadium. I mean that that is one that could could change the uh, could alter the course had of the a season. Had vibe going on for a, f- a couple minutes because yeah. he stayed down there and he it's stayed, a scary situation. He stayed down. He came back in the game to kneel it out, but still, I mean that's you take Justin Fields out of this and put uh, I believe Chugnoff's the the backup in there. That team changes considerably. So the quarterback run changed things for uh, Ohio State, but also for Penn State. I mean, really, you got that offense going. We talked about the lack of rhythm, the lack of, uh, I guess, any sort of uh, theme in that offensive attack in the first half. Well, in the second half, you kind of turned that around, did some really nice things. Again, asking Will Levis to come into Ohio Stadium and come back, lead a comeback against uh, number two Buckeyes, a bit of a tall order, but did a good job, the turnover aside, thought he played well. You have to tip your cap to him. Yeah, I mean, it's encouraging to see how the team reacted to his him coming on the field and also how he reacted. He's a guy that we've heard great things about. Let's not forget he was engaged in that quarterback competition, although Clifford was throughout expected to be named the starter. Um, what, what I was starting to think is the way Will Levis runs and, and with the availability of Sean Clifford in question, this is the first time they didn't travel Michael Johnson Jr. to an away game. We don't know necessarily why that was the case, but you're looking at your scholarship quarterback options behind Levis today, and you're thinking Taquan Roberson, who has never set foot on a college field during the game. Um, so we'll see how that, mon- how that goes uh, moving forward. But today, uh, it kind of popped up a little bit because, again, the style Will Levis plays with, he's, he's pretty reckless with, with his own ca- with his own care for his body. Defensively, you like the, the heart that they showed. You know, outside of that 91-yard all-on-the-ground all drive to start the game, did a pretty nice job stopping the, the traditional run. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, re- another really, really good player. Um, Penn State uh, struggled at times to, to contain him. But at times, you know, 4.4 yards per carry. I mean, he carried the ball 36 times today. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they did a nice job with that. Uh, Lamont Wade, as we mentioned, Lamont Wade's highs are very high. His lows are pretty low. You'd like to see him uh, bring his floor up a little bit, especially in coverage. Um, but he played a phenomenal game today. Um, really probably as, as productive as he's been since uh, since he got to Penn State. Micah Parsons was good. Gross Matos was, was pretty good today. You know, he flashed two sacks, three and a half tackles for loss. Really flashed more than we've seen from him in the last month of the of the, of the uh, season. And he accomplished all of those in the first half, the, the, three, the three and a half tackles for loss, the two sacks. And I told you this at halftime, in the previous five games before this, he had 
uh, one total sack, and I think three tackles for loss. So eclipsed those totals in just the first half here at Columbus. He clearly understood the the circumstances, and it was time to show up in a big way. He, he played very well throughout the course of this game, and um, you know a lot of tackle totals for this defense. That's not really a good sign. It gets an indication of of how many plays that Ohio State was able to run. But I think when you evaluate the, the, this game and, and kind of where Penn State is and what you're what you're looking ahead at, um, you know I, I don't think the addition of Noah Kane was the kind of boost that we thought it could be. Again, one touch, one yard, um, and then KJ Hamler, you know. He, to Ohio State's credit, they did not, They were not able to find him with a lot of room to maneuver over the course of this game. He got his three catches for 15 yards, uh, but but ult- or for 45 yards, I should say. But ultimately, it, it was almost as though, and Pat Frymuth had his game, six catches, uh, 40 yards, not going to jump off the page. But again, Ohio State, it, it, we, we talked about this coming in. It just seems like they can turn in a lot more directions than Penn State can offensively and do things a little bit different if they need to adapt. Uh, and, and they just have the resources to do it that Penn State is still catching up in that arms race and, and coming in from a physical perspective uh, a bit shorthanded and, and I think honestly a, a bit exhausted uh, physically at this point in the season considering what they have encountered a, at this stage in November. The, the key stats were what they were. The field possession was or the field position was was uh, close. Uh, Penn State won the turnover battle. Uh, the penalty battle was close. The explosive play battle was not, and that's really what the, one of the big differences in the game. Ohio State got the big plays, went up and made it. Like I said, the difference between Ohio State's wide receivers and Penn State's wide receivers this week w- could have made the difference in the game. So uh, the explosive plays not being there, as Penn State has relied on them for so long, uh, that's uh, that takes a, a, a big uh, part of your game plan away, and all of a sudden you're looking at an 11-point loss. Yeah, unfortunately, what you just said can really be applied to the other loss this season when, when you measure up the opposing receivers and their and their ability versus what you saw uh, your receivers accomplish on the football field. But you know, And I think the other thing that stands out, you take those three turnovers. I mean, if you were told you'd win the turnover battle, have three from Ohio State, they're a team that has really protected the ball, specifically fields. This is uncharacteristic for them. I think a lot of those guys, we weren't in their locker room, but I know Ryan Day reading through the transcript. You know, they feel like this was their first playoff game. They expected a test. They got a test nationally, even on our own site, on our podcast. We were expecting Ohio State to win this game. I had a 10-point margin. You had a 17 or 18, but those were pretty modest overall. Uh, and it's interesting. Like, how do you kind of recalibrate? Because this feels like a couple different games in one. Sean Clifford's out of the equation for a long stretch of this game. You've got Levis, who's on tested. And then additionally, we came into this game with the perspective almost that if Penn State were to win, uh, it's like a bonus week with the Big Ten Championship. All of a sudden, there's all these possibilities. But you know, we were expecting to be on this post-game podcast talking about a loss. So it, it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a tricky one to figure out how to internalize this one for the Nittany Lions as they move on to Rutgers, which you're not going to get any kind of uh, something, you know, it's not going to be a punctuation mark at the regular season for you with Rutgers uh, in terms of what you're going to learn about this team, I don't think, unless it's a negative. And then, of course, you hope that you have a big bowl matchup, but coming off of the biggest game of the season for Penn State to this point, and maybe regardless of what your postseason matchup shows, this will be the biggest game of the year. Uh, what do you make of it? Not much, because it's kind of like the entire season. I mean, you talk about where you were after that three-game stretch where you're undefeated. Okay, well, you know, you went into it expecting nine wins. Okay, now you now all of a sudden the floor is ten wins. 
Well, that moves the goalposts. That's why, like we saw tonight, I mean, all of a sudden you're down 21 nothing. You don't expect anything. You get back into the game 21-17, and you're like, okay, Penn State can get into the fourth quarter, can make some things happen, and then it's a letdown. I mean, you don't want to come away saying uh, it's a tough loss, but it could have been worse. But that's what you come out of this. Uh, I mean, you got to you got to credit Ohio State. They were the better team. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, good coaching job by Ryan Day. Penn State didn't make the plays they needed to be or that they needed to make, and that's where they end up in this game. They they end up losing by 11. And it's just again, it's just further indication of the importance of recruiting. Ohio State has been in a tier of its own uh, under Urban Meyer in terms of recruiting in the in the Big Ten. Penn State's been just below that, and I think that's the same case here in the 2020 recruiting cycle. As you you try to stockpile your roster with with guys who are going to get it done in this game, and and they'll get Ohio State on their home turf next year. But very clearly, you know, three consecutive losses to Ohio State. We know what happened the last couple. This was a different circumstance in this matchup, but. I think you're going to see a lot of familiar faces on both sides of the ball. There's going to be a lot of NFL guys on, on, in both rosters. But this is something right now because I think it's very identifiable, even though they haven't gone to the college football playoff the last two years. Clearly, there are 11 teams in the Big Ten that are looking up at Ohio State. And I know it pains Penn State fans to think about it that way, and especially James Franklin, because it's the whole point of his great to elite comment after last year's Ohio State game. Uh, but it will be interesting to, to see. I think Penn State may be the next team out of those 11 on the very top of that totem pole, but Ohio State's been getting it done. They have a first-year coach here in Ryan Day, and I said in the offseason back in August, I'm not going to give him the kind of benefit of the doubt that he's going to turn into Lincoln Riley. Well, he has. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the talent level. Um, it's obvious where Ohio State is and where they stand, and you know, Penn State's got a way to catch it. Uh, I think we're going to wrap up here. Uh, if you're still with us, thank you. Um, <laughs> if you actually listened to us tonight, thank you. Uh, we'll be back. We'll take a look at the, the film and see what's going on the beginning of next week. I'm not sure how Thanksgiving's going to impact our plans. We haven't really talked about that yet. But uh, for Tyler Donahue, I'm Sean Fitz. Thanks for joining us on the Lions 24-7 Post Game Podcast.